say welcome to those of you in the house as well as those joining us via live stream. I want to say Happy New Year to all you guys. Glad that at least some of you didn't party so hardy last night that you couldn't get up uh, and come to church. Good to see so many of you uh, here with us. Now, before we get rolling with our message this morning, I just kind of want to put something uh, in front of you. I mentioned this towards the end of last year, our Christmas Eve service, but I want to mention it again. Next week, we are launching our first brand new message series of 2023. We're going to be studying in the first uh, letter of John, right? And the series is called Love and Light. I'm super excited about this book. I think it's going to be great both for believers, those of us who are followers of Jesus. It's really going to help teach us how to go deeper in our walk with Christ in the new year. And I think it's also going to be fantastic, man, if you're just kind of exploring the faith, you're kind of on the fence, you're not really sure about this whole following Jesus thing, it's going to be a great opportunity for you to really kind of unpack what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Like, what is this Christian faith all about? So I want to encourage you, come back next week as we launch that series. Also want to encourage you, invite a friend to come with you, man. Anytime we start a new series, that's a perfect time to bring somebody with you. There are people that are actually looking, because it's a new year to start new habits, healthy rhythms. So take advantage of that. Invite somebody you know who's not yet in church. Maybe they're not a believer. Maybe they are believers, but they've kind of been, I don't know, got church hurt, unchurched, whatever it is. Invite them to come with you next week. Uh, I think that they'll be uh, blessed. Now, how, how many of you want, by a show of hands, just to be honest, how many of you want 2023 to be better than 2022? Just raise your hand. All right, we've got like four liars in here who did not raise their hands. Now, how, how many of you, uh, beyond, how many of you have already set some goals or you have some goals in mind for 2023? Just go ahead, my hand's up. I got some goals in mind. Now, now be honest, how many of you have already broken at least one of them, right? <laughs> we're, we're three hours into the, the new year, right? Some of you are like, man, okay, in 2023, I am not going to yell at my kids on the way to church. And you just got here, you're like, dang it. Already, already broke. Like 2023, I'm not going to eat like sugary carbs for breakfast. And this morning, man, you saw that fudge left over from Christmas. It was just calling your name or those Christmas cookies. You're like, dang it, I've already, I've already messed it up, right? Or like, man, 2023 is going to be the year. Listen, I'm not going to sit in my PJs and eat Lucky Charms and watch it live stream every single Sunday. I'm going to get up and actually come to the physical location of the church. Hey, listen, we see you sitting there eating your Lucky Charms sitting in your Christmas PJs. <laughs> Better luck next Sunday. We still love you. Um, but look, some of y'all, some of y'all, we're three, four hours into the new year. You already folded like a cheap tent, man. Like you're, you're already a bunch of dirty sinners, right? I'm glad you're in church. Now, let me, let me, give, you, let me, let me give you a simple and healthy prayer I think is healthy for every follower of Jesus to pray at the beginning of every single new year. Here it is. God, how can I make the most of this year? I would just encourage you to pray that prayer. If you haven't already, go home tonight, tomorrow morning, when you wake up, do your quiet time, whatever. Pray that prayer. God, how can I make the most of this year? Like, like, like how can I maximize this year? How, how might you use me, God, in your kingdom to advance the, the fame of the name of Jesus in my neighborhoods, in my workplace, in my, my school, around the world, whatever it is. God, how can I make the most of this year? Especially, listen, if you're, if you're not where you know you need to be right now, either physically or mentally, relationally, spiritually, whatever it is, here's what I want you to know. I want you to, leave with a, I want you to know this for a fact when you leave this place this morning, when you log off this morning. This could be your best year ever. 
I, I really believe that. This could be your best year ever. Now, there's a catch to that. There's a catch to that. And here, here, here's the catch. It's going to require something of you. This could be your best year ever, but if that's going to be the case, it is going to require something of you. It's been said that the definition of insanity, you guys have heard this, is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So some of you are not happy with where you are, particularly spiritually. Maybe it's time to stop doing what you've always done and begin to think through some different patterns, some different rhythms that you can kind of place into your life so you can get where you feel like God needs you to go. Listen, if you want 23 to be the year that you finally thrive spiritually, where you really grow in your walk with Jesus in a dynamic way, where you experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through your life. I want you to know that can happen, but it is going to require something of you. And so what I want to do this morning in the the brief time that we have uh, left together is just give you four principles straight from the Word of God that I believe will set you up for one of your best years yet, all right? Now, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up. Go to your Bible app on your phone to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to kind of camp out this morning. And as you find your place in Luke 5, let me me, uh, pause and just pray for us as we get ready to hear from the Lord through his word. God, we we come to you as we we look back at 2022. For most of us, uh, it was a year of peaks and valleys, highs and lows, wins and losses, times of celebration and victory, as well as seasons of mourning. There were tears shed. There were painful things that happened, God. And as we stand right on the precipice of a brand spanking new year with all the possibilities that are laid out in front of us in 2023, God, I pray that each and every person here in the room watching online would pray that prayer. God, how can I make the most of this year? Not, not for me, not so I can make the most money or buy the most things or whatever it is like, but, but God, how can I maximize my year, my walk with you to expand your kingdom? God, how might you want to use me? And so, God, as we kind of we've kind of gone through all the holiday seasons, and we've wrapped all the presents, unwrapped all the presents, and we've eaten all the holiday meals, and now we got to look at our credit card bills and figure out how to pay those, and we got all these different things like going on in our lives. God, would you help us refocus our our mind's attention, our heart's affection on what it is that you would have for us as your followers as we step into a brand new year, and I really believe it could be our best year yet, God. So would you speak to us now? Would you take these ancient words, would you bring them to life in our spirits? Holy Spirit, would you apply these truths to our lives in such a way that make us men and women who are more like Jesus as we leave this place? And we ask, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, let me, let me set the scene for you before we jump into Luke chapter 5. At this point, Jesus is a, is a man, so he's kind of grown up. He had just been baptized by John the baptizer, and he's starting his earthly ministry. In fact, in the previous two chapters, we see Jesus begin to do some, some amazing things. He begins to heal people. He begins to cast out uh, demons from people. Just a, a few verses earlier from where we're about to read, uh, he heals a guy with leprosy. And what begins to happen is, is there's kind of a buzz around town. 
People begin to talk, right? Like, man, there's this guy, and everywhere he goes, he preaches with authority. Like, we've never heard anybody teach like this. He's not like all the guys in the synagogue. He preaches with passion and authority. Like, he's actually, like, he knows God or he is God. And this is amazing. We don't know if he's the Messiah. And yet, he's starting to do all these things over here. There's miracles that are happening. Like, this guy down the road, man, we, he was sick. He's been sick his whole life. And all of a sudden, now, we, we, we found him, and he's well. Like, he's been made whole. And we talked to him, and he's like, what happened to you? And he's like, man, I'm met Jesus and he and he healed me and he made me whole so there's a buzz going around town like man what's going on with this guy Jesus and the crowds start to follow him like he can't go anywhere without a huge crowd swelling around him so this is kind of the the scene that's happening as we jump into Luke chapter 5 starting in verse 15 it says this but the news about him that is Jesus spread even more And large crowds that we just talked about, large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now, here's where I want you to dial in, verse 16. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Now, before we get into the four principles for a great new year, let let me say this. The success of every principle that we're about to talk about, listen, guys, is built on nothing less than the bedrock of prayer. So I, I just want to say, if you, if you take these kind of four principles that we're about to talk about and you just try to willpower your way to do these things, and you're like, man, I'm gonna, Chris said these things, they're from Scripture, so I'm, I'm going to white-knuckle these things, I'm going to make them happen in my life. Like, if that is your attitude and you walk, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, on the front end, you are going to fail spectacularly. Right? And, and you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be like, man, Chris lied to me, or maybe the Bible's not true, or whatever it is, man. So, so listen, wh- why do I say that? Why do I say that, that prayer is the bedrock, it's the foundation for all the principles that we're about to talk about? Here's why. Because Jesus built everything that he ever did in his ministry on the foundation of prayer. Now listen, guys, if, if the Son of God himself, if God wrapped in human flesh needed to bathe everything that he did in prayer to his father in heaven how much more do we as fallen broken human beings need that now i don't have time to preach a whole a whole sermon on on prayer i've done that multiple times uh, in the past but i just want to quote uh, one pastor named r.a tory he was a a pastor back in the late 1800s early 1900s i think he I think he nails it this is the quote it'll be on the screens for you. he says this prayer is the key that unlocks listen to this all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. Anybody need God's grace in 2023? Anybody, anybody need some, some power for, from the Lord in 2023? I, I know I do, man. I, I'm desperate for those things. I, I want to see God work powerfully in my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my church family, in my neighborhood, in my community, in my city, in my state, in my nation, around the world. Man, I'm, I'm desperate for that. Like, I, I want to see that. Let me just encourage you, we've got to become a people of prayer. It can't just be like a side thing. I have, we're going to say a prayer every now and then, right before we eat or whatever. No, no, no. This needs to become a priority. This is the foundation upon which everything else is built in the spiritual realm. We've got to become a people of prayer. Now, look at verse 17. On one of those days, have you ever, have you ever just had one of those days? I don't know. On one of those days, 
as he, Jesus was teaching, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. So these are like the religious leaders of the day. Uh, they were all sitting there, and they had come from all the villages, Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem. Remember, because there's a buzz. Like, man, this Jesus guy's not like anybody else. Huge crowd. So even the religious leaders are like, man, we got to go see uh, what this cat's all about. Everybody's talking about him. So they come out too. And as Luke continues, it says, And the power of the Lord was with him, that's Jesus, to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Now, now we know from Mark's gospel that there were actually four friends, that this paralyzed dude had, had four friends. And so here, here's the scene. Jesus is preaching in a house, okay? He's preaching in a house in a, in a town or a city called Capernaum. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. We know all these things historically. But, but his home base, when he began his ministry, was actually in a town called Capernaum, all right? We actually, a lot of scholars believe this is where uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house was because we know Peter was from this particular town. So maybe he was actually preaching in Peter's house or Peter's mom's or mother-in-law's house. Uh, some speculate, other scholars speculate, this is actually maybe a wealthy family because it would have been a, a bigger home to accommodate a, a bigger crowd. So we kind of uh, kind of picture this uh, maybe a wealthy family who had just come to faith in Jesus. They're these the sweet couple, right? They follow Jesus and they're like, "Hey, Jesus, listen, we'll host a cookout and you 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 just teach one of your seminars, right? So we'll we'll cook out, man. We'll 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 cook a ton of, of food. We'll have food for like 150 people. You know, it'll be it'll it'll be it'll be kind of tight, but it'll be awesome. So they they prepare this. Jesus is going to preach in this, this house, and all of a sudden, 100 people show up, 200 people show up, 500 people show up, right? People are packed in there like sardines. It's starting to get uncomfortable. Like people are hanging out of windows. They're sitting on the dining room table. They're hanging from the chandeliers, and more people are coming. More people are coming. Like, you just got to wonder, like, what are these people thinking? Like, did we make a mistake by inviting Jesus to speak at our house? Like, this is crazy. We already ran out of food. This is, this is wild. Place is packed out. And so these guys see this crowd forming, these, these friends that have a, a paralyzed friend. They hear Jesus is in town. They see the crowd. And you can kind of just picture the scene in your mind. They kind of look down at their paralyzed buddy, and then they look at each other. And then maybe one of them looks at one of their friends and says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? You thinking what I'm thinking? And another one says, hey, man, that, <laughs> that crowd is huge. Man, like there's no way. There are thousands of people there. There's no way we're going to get in there, right? Another friend's like, listen, man, go big or go home. Go big or go home. Let's do it. So they, they grab their boy, right? We'll call him Matt because he's laying on a mat. I get it like that. <laughs> so Matt, they grab their buddy Matt, dad joke, 2023. And they're like, hey, let, let's roll, man. Let's, we got to try. Like, we'll never know if we, if we don't try. And everybody says this dude is this miracle worker maybe even is the messiah that we've been waiting on for centuries and centuries so let's let's ride let's try it now understand this that his friends could have come up with a thousand different reasons not to do this you ever thought about that they, they could have come up with a thousand reasons not to do this like man this is going to be embarrassing uh, it's it really is kind of logistically impossible if you look at the size of the crowd Matt is heavy. I don't want to carry his butt all the way up there on a stretcher, right, to this, this house, right? Millions of reasons for them not to do this. Now, I also want you to notice that there seems to be no resistance to this crazy plan that his friends hatch from Matt. No, 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 no resistance at all. Now, now that may, that's a bigger deal than it may seem like at first blush because Matt seems like he is all in 
on mission, get me in front of Jesus. And again, I think this is a bigger deal than most of us think because, listen, if it were me, and I think it probably were most of you, I know I would be saying, guys, no, 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 no stop. Man, man, this is gonna be embarrassing. Right? Like, like the whole town is over there, man. Like the whole town is over there and you guys are gonna try to drag me in front of Jesus like a pity project. Like, I hate the fact that people pity me. You're not gonna make me into a pity project. Like, man, I have been paralyzed my whole stinking life. My, my legs have never worked. Like, I've always been paralyzed. This is all I know. This is my whole past. But I want you to see this. I want you to watch this church family. He did not allow his past to dictate what his future could become with Jesus at the center. Now, that's the first principle that I want you to see when we're talking about having our best year yet. Principle number one, dear friend, do not let the past cripple your future. Don't let the past cripple your future. Man, it would have been really easy for our paralyzed friend here just to wave off his friends and say, no, 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 look, this is just my lot in life, man. I'm 30 years old, I'm 40 years old, whatever it is. This is the way it has always been for me. This is all I have ever known. Leave me alone. Don't hassle me with this. Don't embarrass me with this. This is the way it will always be. Now listen, guys, I I am convinced that there's no small number of people today, even Christians, who are starting a new year absolutely crippled by their past. And and I I I want you to hear me say this. You cannot move forward while looking backwards. You have to, you ha- listen to me, you have to break with the past to step into what God has for you in 23. Now let, me, let me show you what I'm talking about unless you think I'm just making this stuff up. This is Isaiah 43, Old Testament on the screens for you. This is God speaking to his covenant people in the Old Testament, the New Testament. That's us, that's, that's the church. This is what God says to his people. He says this, remember not the former things. He's saying, stop, God, stop looking backwards. Stop looking at the past. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, for I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Now listen, guys, you need to understand this. God's people in Old Testament times, they tended to be crippled by their past in two distinct ways. I think the same two ways that we, in modern day times, also tend to be crippled by our past. So you you can be crippled by a negative past. I think that's the one that most people think of, right? You can be crippled by a past of sin and shame and guilt and like, man, I can't believe I did that stuff when I was in high school or college or last week or last night or whatever it was. You can can be crippled by your past in in a negative way. That's absolutely true, but you can also be crippled by a positive past. You say, Chris, what? What on earth are you talking about? Let me, let me explain that. Some are crippled by a past of sin and regret and shame and failure, sin, all that kind of stuff we are like we just talked about. And those folks, and I'm guessing that's probably some of you who are sitting in here, if you're being honest, maybe some of you who are uh, watching online, they begin to believe the enemy's lies that their failures are now their identity. And so they, they look back at all the ways they failed and all the ways they've let down God or let down their spouse or their kids or their grandkids or whatever it is. And they begin to believe the lie that their failures are now their new identity. 
Now, now maybe that's some of you in the room, and you're just, man, you're crippled by that. You can't get past the lie that you are what you did at one point in time. Now, these folks tend to live spiritually defeated lives, and the thought process is kind of like, man, I have messed up so much. I have messed up so badly. Like, how could God ever use someone like me? Like, it's hard for me to even believe that God would like someone like me. I don't even like myself, much less use me in his kingdom in any kind of impactful or meaningful way. And so these people are just, man, shackled, imprisoned by a past of, of shame and sin and regret and sorrow and embarrassment. And for some of you, listen, not letting your past cripple your future is going to mean doing something really hard in 2023. So for some of you, God is going to call you to do something unimaginably difficult to move past your past into what he's calling you into in a new year. For some of you, he may call you to step away from a toxic relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe one that you love, but is not driving you closer to your Savior. And he's calling you to make a difficult decision to step away from that relationship because it's not healthy for you spiritually. For others of you, maybe he's going to call you to step away from a toxic uh, friendship or another kind of relationship. For some of you, he may be calling you to step away from a career that you worked so hard for, man, you went to college, you busted your tail to get this position, whatever it is, but this career is pulling you away. I mean, you're gone six nights a week, you never see your spouse, you never see your kids, you're never available to come and worship with God's people on the Lord's day, and it's just not a healthy situation for you or your family, and God is gonna call you out of that, and it's gonna be hard, and it's gonna be painful, and there's gonna be cost associated with that. For some of you, maybe in 2023, God is going to call you to put a stop to that addiction that is wreaking havoc in your life. For some of you, an addiction that nobody else even knows about. And it's going to take the humility to, to expose that sin pattern in your life, to let somebody else in so they can walk with you through that process so that you can actually experience freedom in the new year. Listen, God, you, ha you have to move past your past in order to step into the future that God has for you in 2023. Uh, listen to the wise words of the Apostle Paul. This is Philippians 3 on the screens for you. Paul writes this. But one thing I do, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Now listen, guys, pa Paul had a past that he could be proud of, and he also had a past that he, he could be incredibly ashamed of. He had both, right? <laughs> He was incredibly educated, studied at the feet of Gamaliel, which would have been like a triple PhD in theology. The guy memorized the entire Old Testament. The guy was brilliant. He was a powerful guy. He was a Pharisee, but he was also a guy who persecuted the church. He had a lot to be ashamed of. Paul himself called himself the chief of all sinners. He's like, man, you think you're a sinner? I'm far worse than you. He had a lot to be proud of. He had a lot to be ashamed of. But this is what he says to both of those things. I got to forget what lies behind me, and I have to strain forward to what lies ahead. He goes, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen, friend, that's one kind of person crippled by a past, a negative past, sin, regret, Shame, but there's another kind of person who is also crippled by their past. This is the kind of person that we don't think about very often, but I think it's equally as important. And th this is the kind of person who at one time had a mountaintop experience with God. 
At, at one time, their faith journey was, with Jesus was absolutely dynamic. Oftentimes, these people were or are currently leaders in the church. And maybe they go on mission trips, or maybe they lead or led a small group. Uh, maybe they serve faithfully in the church. They give generously in the body. And here's what can happen. If we're not careful, things have gone so well for so long. I mean, like, you know you're not perfect. You know you're uh, a sinner. But things have gone so well for so long that you begin to, to really believe that you've got it all figured out spiritually. Like, and you probably would never, like, verbalize this out loud, but you're kind of feeling yourself like, stepping into a new year, right? Like, I, I've kind of got this Christian thing nailed, man. <laughs> Man, like I'm in church almost every Sunday. I'm, I'm serving. I'm using my spiritual gifts. I share my faith with my friends. I give generously financially. I, I went on a mission trip last year. Like I got all these things going for me. And you begin to believe those things. And here's the danger. Here's the danger. Especially when we experience a season of spiritual success that way. Listen, guys, here's the danger. We can begin to coast spiritually. We can start to live on the fumes of a past faith experience instead of following hard after Jesus now and into the future. And I think this is a particular danger for those of us who have been following Jesus for a number of years, especially if you're like me, been following Jesus for 20 plus years, a long time. We can begin to live on the fumes of spiritual memories instead of stepping into what God is calling us into right now. Now, sadly, man, I see this a lot as a pastor. I think as we look at the landscape of our culture and our nation, sadly, we've even seen this play out with churches. We see this continuing to play out with churches. I saw some stats recently. I'm not going to quote them because I'll, I'll mess them up. But man, since, since 2020, since COVID, I, again, astonishing, breathtaking, heart-rendering numbers uh, of churches have closed their doors and ceased to exist now. I'm talking ten, like in the tens of thousands in the last two years. Churches just like this that were at one time alive and vibrant a few years ago are dead. And listen, this week, next week, six months from now, thousands more will close their doors. Tons of churches in recent years have died, will continue to die. Why? Now I would argue, at least in part, is because they're stuck in the past. Right, they, they remember back to a season in the 1980s or the 1990s when God really used them in a dynamic way to reach their community for the Lord. But man, you walk in today and it still feels like 1980. Right? They got the same programs, they got the same music, the same preaching style, right down to the same decor. Right? They got stuck in the past. And listen, guys, it wasn't a bad past. It was actually a good past, but it has now absolutely crippled them and the same exact thing can happen to us individually right so you can be crippled by a negative past you could also be crippled by a positive past friend do not let the past cripple your future in 23 now back to our story look at verse 19 so the guys show up they got matt on a mat right and they're out there the huge huge crowd uh struggling to find a way in because they're just stacked on top of people huge crowd thousands of people verse 19 but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the roof <laughs> and then they let him let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before jesus now whose whose bright idea was this <laughs> Oh, only guys, right? This is for girls. Right? This, this is not going to happen, right? This is only dudes where this happens, right? 
You kind of picture these guys, they show up with their boy laid out on the, the stretcher, thousands of people packed around the house. Uh, they're late to church. Jesus is already preaching. He's mid-sermon, right? One of the guys has got to be like, hey, man, let's, let's just go home. This was such a dumb idea. Who's, whose idea was this? Look, at, there, there's no way we're going to get in here. Let's just go home. Like another one speaks up. And like every, everybody's got that one friend with questionable ideas, right? So th- this group of friends, got, they got that one friend. I'm not sure who, which one it was, but one of them's got questionable ideas. And uh, they're looking around, and, and one of them goes, hey, you see that ladder? <laughs> and the other, other, other ones are like, man, dude, he's on a stretcher. He's, like, he's laying on a stretcher. He's going to fall off if we try. Like, what, what do you, what do you, and he's like, yeah, dude, but I got duct tape. You know? Like, I got, so just hear me out. Hear me out. We can tape Matt to the stretcher, make a very simple rope pulley, and we're in like Flynn. All right? So the guys are like, all right, let's, let's try it, man. So they, they go around the backyard. They climb up on the roof. They get the pulley system. They got the, the duct tape. They wrapped him on there so he's not going to fall off the deal. They begin to they get, finally get him on the roof, and they begin, they begin to tear up the roof. Yeah, they're like, man, okay, we're up here. Now what are we going to do? Let's tear up the roof. I mean, how else are we going to get to Jesus? Like, you, you take the first tile off, bro. I'm not, I don't want him to see my face first. <laughs> you take the tile off. So they begin to pull the tiles off of this root. Now, now you imagine Jesus. So you, we know for a fact, had to be a phenomenal preacher. You know, he, he's mid-sermon. He, he's tearing into it. The crowd is hanging on every word. And all of a sudden, a little, little dust starts falling from the ceiling. <laughs> right, a little dust. Everybody's trying to stay focused, not be distracted. Like, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to focus on, I'm not going to watch the dust, Right. All of a sudden, a little, little sunlight beam shines through, right? I was like, what? Like, what? what's going on? All of a sudden, they see fingers poke through more. All of a sudden, they see a little round face kind of poke in, looking at it. <laughs> They're looking, pe- peeking through, right? Have you ever been distracted in church? Right? Somebody like, I'm distracted right now by your story, bro. Right? This, listen, this is worse than a baby crying. This, this is worse than a cell phone going off and not being silenced in church. Man, this is, it's pretty hard to keep preaching when people are peeking in from the ceiling, right? Now, now and I think about the homeowners, right? They invited Jesus in. They gotta be, they're calculating the cost. Man, I'm gonna have to go to Lowe's. New tiles, $500. New sheetrock, $500. Like, this is the most expensive dinner invite we've ever had. This was dumb. Honey, this was a dumb idea. Jesus can't come over anymore. Now, now listen, it, it is absolutely insane what these friends do. It is insane what they are willing to do to get their friend in front of Jesus. Like we, we tend to just like read over these stories and gloss over them like they're no big deal. This is, this is madness. They are risking embarrassment. They're risking failure, possibly injury, but they don't care about any of that. Why? Because Jesus is worth risking embarrassment, failure, injury, popularity, money, fame, all of that. Listen, guys, Jesus is better. And these guys had learned to prioritize Jesus above everything else, no matter the cost. And that's the second, the second principle for having a great new year that I want you to see. Number two on the screens for you. Listen, friends, in 23, prioritize Jesus above everything else. Prioritize Jesus above everything else. Now listen, following Jesus, especially in our culture today, 
And if you're here and you're not a Christian, you're kind of considering Christianity, kind of kicking the tires on the faith. I, I just, I don't want to lie to you. I want to, I want to be honest with you. I don't want you to ever come back and say, Chris, you lied to me. I want you to know that following Jesus, especially in our culture today, it's, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. High school students, middle school students, college students, let me speak to you just for a moment. Prioritizing Jesus in your life in 23 is going to mean that you're not the coolest kid at the lunch table, probably. You got to be okay with that. Prioritizing Jesus is going to mean that high school student, college student, your dating pool is going to be much, much smaller than your friends (laughs) because you're only going to be considering other people who are also running hard after Jesus in 23. Your dating pool is going to be much smaller than most of your friends because you're pursuing purity in your physical and sexual life. You're going to to limit your dating options to others who are also prioritizing Jesus above all else, which means like 90% of the people at your school are not going to be available. And listen, I I don't care how cute he is or how funny he is or how hot she is, it's not worth it. Find somebody that's running as hard after Jesus as you are, and then you run together. That's how you have successful relationships, right? That's how you build uh, healthy spiritual families and marriages. Listen, if you're in the workplace, I'm just going to tell you, if you're in the workplace, you're in the marketplace, your views on biblical issues like sexuality and gender, listen to me, that may limit your advancement in your company. In fact, I know that's true because I've talked to some of you in this congregation and you're dealing with that right now. I've prayed with some of you. You're already beginning to experience that. Listen, prioritizing Jesus may mean that you are misunderstood in the new year, you are unappreciated, you are marginalized by others. And listen, guys, in the midst of all of that, I want you to hear me say this. He is worth it all. He is worth every moment of it. Now look, prioritizing Jesus may mean taking some risks this year. May, risk, may mean risk looking like a fool, right? Just like these guys in our story. Like, man, what are those morons doing climbing onto the roof of the wheelchair? Like, what, 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 are, what are they thinking? I don't, friend, I don't know what God is gonna call you into in this new year, but I do know this. He is calling you to take risks in his kingdom. Now, what's that mean for you? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. Maybe that means for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, that means going on a mission trip with us up to D.C. to help one of our church plants or globally to help some of our partners in Africa or the Middle East or Asia or South America. For you, maybe that risk looks like trusting him with your finances, right, and and living out the principle of biblical generosity with your money. Maybe it it means finally giving your time and your talent to serve Jesus through his bride, the local body, the local church. Moms and dads, let me me speak to you just for a moment. This is going to make some of you mad, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe he's calling some of you to risk upsetting your kids, in 2023 by saying no to certain things. Maybe saying no to certain extracurricular activities that demand more time and attention than your family is currently giving to Jesus. Listen, it it breaks my heart. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I see this on repeat. But parents who prioritize everything but Jesus while their kids are growing up, 
are gone most Sundays, man, and, and not doing anything bad, right? They're just, they're at the lake, they're hiking, they're camping, they're at one of the 284 Little League tournaments in Charlotte or South Carolina, whatever it is. Their kids grow up, they go to college, and then they come and they call me and we have a meeting and they're in tears and they're shocked that their kids grow up and then don't follow the Lord. And it breaks my heart, but, but I just want to say to them with a tear in my eye, like, what did you think was going to happen? What, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you taught your kids by your actions that Jesus was secondary in your life, and now you're upset at them for doing exactly what you discipled them to do for 18 years. Parents, let me just beg you, let me just beg you, prioritize Jesus this new year. Your kid's spiritual future may literally be hanging in the balance. Prioritize Jesus above all else in 2023. And I believe that you'll begin to see breakthroughs in your spiritual life that God has been longing to just unleash on you. Now, I don't know what he's calling you to risk in 23, but I promise you he's calling you to risk. And these guys got it. They were willing to risk it all to see Jesus work in their friend's life. Look at verse 20, continues on. And when he, that's Jesus, saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven. Now, now you got to think, the, the four friends that went through all the effort to get their friend up on that roof with the pulley system and they pulled all the stuff off, they got, you got to think they're a little bit disappointed at this turn of events, right? You're, they're like, your sins are forgiven? It's kind of like when you're a kid, right? Your, your grandma gives you that Christmas gift. You were hoping for an Xbox. You open it. It's a pack of Fruit of the Loom Tidy Whities, right? You just kind of, you just kind of grin. You're like, thanks, grandma. And, and is there something else you want to give me, right? This is kind of like, this is how I see these guys. They're like, cool, cool on the sin thing. And, and, right? Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees begin, like, they're upset at this, right? The fact that he just forgave this dude's sins. So they begin to question, saying, who is this uh, who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone, right? When Jesus is claiming to be God by saying what he just said and doing what he just did. Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered them, why, why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. The crowd, they can't believe it. Like, man, we've been watching this dude sit on the side of the road for the last 20 years. He's never moved a muscle. Here he is walking up out of this place. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Now, now here, here's the amazing thing to me, man. We could, we could park here and preach a whole sermon. We're not. But here's the amazing thing to me. In verse 20, it says that Jesus saw their faith and then healed the man. He saw their faith and then he healed the man. It, 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 almost, it, it almost seems to me that Jesus healed this guy because of his friend's faith. And again, we could, we, I could do a whole five, another five-point sermon just on that, but, but from that, I, I just want to say this, not going to belabor the point. This is, this is principle number three for a great new year. Number three, 
Find your stretcher bearers, friend. Find your stretcher bearers. Who you got? Could you, could you list off four brothers and sisters who are chasing hard after Jesus, who know what's going on in your life right now? You know what's going on in their life right now and they got your back spiritually and they'll get in your face and challenge you because they love you enough to do that? In the new year, guys, listen, when when your faith is running on fumes, who do you have in your life who's gonna put your butt on a stretcher and carry you to the feet of Jesus? Who you got? Because when you're paralyzed spiritually, you can't get there on your own. You best have some friends that will put you on a stretcher and take you before the throne of God. Now look, all the, all the, all the, the, the men and women that God used in incredible ways throughout the scripture, they all have this. Right, like this, is, this is an attribute that you cannot skip in your spiritual life. Daniel, right, we, we preached through Daniel about six months ago. Daniel had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus had the 12 disciples. Even inside the 12, he had the the three, the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. Paul had Timothy, Barnabas, and Silas. Listen, friend, if you try to freelance the Christian life in the new year, you're going to end up spiritually paralyzed with no way to get up and get to Jesus. I want you to listen to me. We were designed to flourish in Christian community with other believers. That's why we say here all the time, discipleship happens in circles, not in rows. Like what we're doing right now, Sunday morning, important. It's a biblical command. Gather with the saints on the Lord's day. Worship God. Be encouraged by the word. We practice the sacraments, man. What we're doing right now is important. But it is not discipleship at the core. Discipleship happens in circles, not in rows. And so let me, let me just ask you, friend, are, are you in a community group right now? Or are you in a Bible study? Are you meeting, even officially, off campus, just having coffee with a group of brothers or a group of sisters who are walking with you spiritually? Is that, is that happening in your life? Do you have like-minded people in your life running hard after Jesus with you? Because if you don't, if you don't, you are going to fail spiritually over and over and over again in 2023. You're gonna be miserable, you're gonna be disappointed, and you're not gonna understand why. Let me just encourage you, find your stretcher bearers. We've we've created all kinds of environments here for you to find those types of relationships. Take advantage of it. All right, last principle, we'll be done. Last principle to make 23 best year yet. Number four, put feet to your faith. Put feet to your faith. Man, there, there are so many people. You know these folks. I know these folks. I probably have been this person. You probably have been this person in the past. But there are so many folks who claim to know and love Jesus, and they look nothing like Jesus. People will claim with their mouth that they're a follower of Jesus, they're a Christian, and they look exactly like the world. And we call these people practical atheists, right? They would, they would claim to be Christians, but they live just like an atheist. Nothing different about their lives. Say one thing with their mouths, betray their words immediately with the way they live their lives. James, half-brother of Jesus, he said it this way on the screen for you. James writes this to us, to believers. He says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
So what James is saying is, listen, if all you do is you come to a church service like this and, and you hear the word proclaimed and you sing the word and you just kind of build up a storehouse of biblical knowledge for yourself, but then you never actually begin to practice those things in your life, you're actually deceiving yourself. You're not who you think you are. You're not spiritually where you think you are. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks, looks into the, the perfect law, the law of liberty, right, the, 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 the word of God, right, the, the gospels, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. You want to be blessed in 2023. You want to be blessed in the new year. You've got to learn how to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. You've got to learn how to be put feet to your faith just like these four friends did. You say, Chris, what's that look like, man? Give me, give me some practical application. That sounds all good. Put feet to your faith. You're, you're like preacher lingo. What, like practically, what's that look like? Well, a few things. I think, first of all, it looks like prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. So are you calendaring that into your day? Are you calendaring that into your week? Are you getting time alone to read his word, to pray, to meditate, to occasionally fast so that you can really connect on a deeper level with the Lord? Prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. For some of you, that may look like uh, becoming a, a church member, a team member at New Life this year, right? Some of y'all been dating us a long time. And in the immortal words of the great theologian Beyonce, it's time to put a ring on it, right? If you're over six months, you're past due, all right? We're having, a, we're having a 201 membership class coming up in just a few weeks. Sign up, register on the website. Some of you, that, that's your step that you need to take, man. You need to get in the game in 2023. You gotta get off the bench and get in the game. Listen, if you're married, this may look like loving your spouse the way Jesus loves his bride, the church sacrificing for them. Mom and dad, it looks like discipling your kids to know and love Jesus, which is gonna mean saying no to a lot of things that they wanna do so you can say yes to the greatest thing. This may look like leveraging your time, talent, and treasure in the new year to build the kingdom of Jesus more than building your own personal kingdom, your own personal preferences. It's going to look like refusing to let your past cripple the future that Jesus wants for you this year. It's going to look like finding brothers and sisters in the faith, stretcher bearers to do life with in 2023 and not being a Christian lone ranger. Listen, y'all, I, be I believe with all of my heart that God wants this to be your best year yet. In fact, I, I believe with all of my heart God wants this to be our best year yet as a church family. I believe God's desire is to see some of your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers, maybe people that you love, you've been praying for for years, maybe even decades, come to faith this year. Maybe some of them even baptized right, right here in front of the, the stage. I believe that God wants to see some of your wayward kids come back to the faith in 2023. I believe God wants to see some amazing spiritual breakthroughs in our lives that can really only be measured in eternity because they're so big. And so one of the things that I always tell every, every group, uh, Journey 101 luncheon that we have upstairs for, for new people just kind of checking out the church, one of the things I say at that luncheon, if you've been, I apologize, you're, you're gonna hear it again. But, gonna, but I believe this is true. It, listen, 
if we're ever going to become the church that God wants us to become, listen, it's not going to be because I hit a home run on the stage every week. Because that's not going to, I hate to disappoint you, that's not going to happen. I'm really good at hitting singles. Every once in a while I hit a double. I don't hit home runs every week. So we're, we're never going to become the church that God wants us to be, the church that we could be because I hit home runs every Sunday. We're never going to become the church that God wants us to be because we've got the most amazing uh, worship church band in the Asheville area, although I think we do. We're never going to be the church that God wants us to be because we have an amazing kids program, even though we do. We're never going to be the church that, we're going to have, that God wants us to be because we have a great student ministry or a great mission outreach ministry or the best coffee in town. Well, listen, guys, we're only ever going to become the faith family that God wants us to become when each and every single one of us takes up the part that God has designed for us to play right where we live, work, and play. Our workplaces, our school, our neighborhoods, our apartment complexes. And I believe God wants to do amazing things in and through your life and our lives collectively as a faith family called New Life Community Church. Guys, as we learn to move past our past, as we learn to prioritize Jesus above all else, live in community and put feet to our faith, let's do it together this year, church family. 2023 is gonna be an amazing year. Let's pray as the band comes. God, we, we come to you as we stand right on the edge of a brand new year with all the possibilities that lay in front of us God and we know you haven't promised us a, an easy life we know that 23 is not going to be a year devoid of pain or sorrow or disappointment or suffering but you've promised to be with us and walk with us through those storms through the fire in the new year God God, I pray for the person maybe who's here who is shackled by their past, imprisoned by their past. Maybe they don't even realize it. And maybe they're imprisoned by a negative past because they just can't believe that God would love and use someone that's done what they've done and thought what they've thought. I also pray for those who are imprisoned by a positive past, who are just coasting spiritually, living on the fumes of past spiritual experiences instead of living a fresh new dynamic relationship with you in the present and walking into a brand new year God help us not be crippled by our past help us to open our hearts and open our lives to you and just say God whatever it is that you have for me in the new year even if I look like a fool like those four friends for sure did let me be a fool for you. God, no matter the cost, if there's a relationship that I need to walk away from, if there's something I need to, to step away from, a job, a career, a person, or whatever it is, God, anything that's not honoring to you and not maximizing what you want to do in and through me this year, give me the courage to walk away from it. Help me not be crippled by my past. God, would you, would you use us in amazing ways. God, I, I pray that we would experience spiritual breakthroughs that man, we can't even wrap our brains around right now. That six months from now, eight months from now, 12 months from now, we could look back and say, man, I cannot believe what God did in my life. 
can't believe what he did in my kids' life, my grandkids' life, my parents' life, my friends' life, my neighbors' life, my, my co-workers' life, my class. I can't believe that God saved them, that God brought that wayward kid back home to the faith. I can't believe what he did and that we would just stand here and praise you for everything that you've done. God, I pray that we would praise you on the front end, trusting that you're going to do what only you could do in and through us this year in 2023. We pray all these things in the wonderful, matchless, beautiful, powerful, strong name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Church family, let's stand and let's worship.